stop the music, stop the music. Okay. It's the night shift, Jeremy. This isn't the normal PG podcast. Oh, we need some true. new tunes. Let's okay. buckle up. Here we go. You ready? Hit it. All right. Alright lad, here we are. Aye. It's another night shift. Aye. This one we're doing, it's uh, obviously centers on something around Scotland. Aye. Aye, it does. Aye. Do you know anything other than I? Aye. <laughs> I think nay is what you should be saying there. All no, right, so. I'd be saying aye. <laughs> I'd, how dare you? Ah, uh, well, you know. You how just, dare you just you bring that to my country? Well, that's what I do. I often go Irish though. Ah. Uh. Goes. It just it just slips into Irish. Yeah, I don't know that uh, I'm keeping it too. He's too Scottish. Scottish, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can never take our land. <laughs> oh wait, you can no, take wait. our land. <laughs> <laughs> the English did just that, and we are reviewing a Netflix original, The Outlaw King, with Chris Pine from yeah. Star Trek fame. He's a uh, Captain Kirk from Star Trek fame. For those who he was are wondering also who he might be in Wonder Woman. He was in Wonder Woman. He was also in a lot of other stuff. Mm -hmm. Chris Pine is great. Yeah, he is a good actor. I do like him. Uh, So I was kind of excited to see this one since it had him in it. I know. And it's funny. I picked this movie out for us to watch Mm -hmm. without even knowing that it is about Robert DeBruce. Yeah. And for those of you that did not click, Robert DeBruce is basically, you know, who became King of Scotland after the movie Braveheart, William Mm -hmm. Wallace. Which Braveheart apparently had Robert the Bruce in it. Yes, but apparently is not historically accurate. Yeah, apparently it's not the most accurate. Uh, this is supposed to be much more historically accurate. So when you picked it, I was like, oh, good. That was already in my queue. I wanted to see it. It's an interesting time period, interesting story. I wanted to find out, okay, if this was supposed to be more historically accurate, you know, kind of what went down, how much of this is William Wallace in, and Blah, blah, blah. And he's not really in it for the most part. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, you do get just, a glimpse of William Wallace. I'll yeah, give you that. You get a get a good glimpse of his arm mm-hmm. and head. Do you get head? I think so at one point. I think you get his head at one point. Uh, yeah, you, you get bits I'm and pieces sure of Maybe, yeah. William Wallace because he was, after he was killed, he was dismembered and sent around Scotland yeah. to bits and pieces to let them know what happens when you rise up against the great King Edward the First, yes. drawn and quartered. Yes. Isn't that lovely? A lovely oh, way of doing fantastic. things. Yes, nothing let's... like drawn and ripping somebody apart. Now, when someone says that they want to travel to the corners of the world, that's not the <laughs> way that they no, are. No, they meant thinking. they meant together at a time, not all at once, because that gets a lot less comfortable. Um, so, anyways, this one follows Robert De Bruce, which he is in Braveheart. Um, he has like this his father in that movie is, I think, ridden with leprosy and such. In this one, uh, he doesn't have leprosy. He is just old. Yeah, he, so yeah I'm, he's just I'm old. So I'm going with the, the leprosy father, the hidden lepr- away in the uh, tower as not probably one of the more historically the, accurate well, roles actually, of Braveheart. Th- uh, his father did actually have leprosy. Did he? His father did okay. have leprosy and ended up dying. I didn't portray that at all. Uh, they really one. didn't know, but, I mean, it could have been, I guess, a more mild 
leprosy case? No. I don't know. But I do Maybe know. Maybe this I, one's I, not I, historically I, accurate either. No, most of the stuff in this, I was, uh, from what I've read and from what I've uh, found out looking stuff up, is historically accurate. There are a okay. few things that won't be at, um, like, where King Edward and uh, Edward II are located at different times. And, of course, they also they tighten up the story. For example... One point, something feels like kind of a few months take place, and at the end of the movie, they're like, "Oh, this happened like after some time." Well, after some time was eight years, so they didn't say after eight years. And and there's also some different things like Chris Pine, um, as Robert De Bruce, when he gets married, he's supposed to be like 28. And he's definitely not portrayed as being 28 no, at that looks, point, no, too. They kind of portray him as, you know, at least in his 40s or late 30s, maybe. Yeah, so they're portraying him as being a bit older. And they do, the, like I said, they have to they have to take some liberties when you're tightening up a, a war, basically, a, a rebellion into a two-hour film. There's a lot of stuff, especially if you want to have some battles, some politics, maybe a love story, maybe not. All that stuff What and character development, that's a lot to cover. And with some of the criticism I've heard of this movie and read of this movie is that they didn't make it a miniseries. I thought it would have been. It probably better. would have been much, much better. Much better served to be a miniseries. Much better. Um, but as far as accuracy go, the weapons they were using the clothing the sets the style of fighting the castles all that stuff was incredibly accurate i mean uh you think like braveheart and you're thinking kilts right well kilts actually weren't invented yet so that was one thing like this they they all basically all the guys and and girls basically you know wore these just like big dresses yeah you know you just cut a hole cut a hole into it call it good you know yeah pretty much and, um, you know, I, I definitely think it would have been better as a miniseries because then, first off, it's easier to explain passage of time because, yeah. you know, we can start off episode three of the miniseries as, you know, okay, eight years later, so this time has passed, and you can be more accurate in that instead of scrunching it into this short time period. Um, and then you could focus a bit more, too, on what I wanted more from it what I was interested in, which was I wanted is that we've had Braveheart. So we've had these big, massive battle scenes, you yeah. know, and I, if this one was supposed to be more historically accurate, as I had been under the impression it was supposed to be, I wanted more of the actual behind the scenes machinations. I wanted to find out the political maneuvering, even though like politics annoys me and frustrates me, but I want, I also get fascinated with, okay, what kinds of abuses of power went on? You know, what did they do to, to get this, you know, what kinds of, you know, planning and, you know, deviousness went on, that kind of stuff to find out. And I felt like if they'd shortened some of the battle scenes and put more of that in, it would have caught my interest a lot more than it did. It felt kind of flat for me because of that. Cause I think I just wanted, I wanted more of the, okay, show me what happened with the people. I want to understand what was going on with the people more so than the battle scenes. Yeah, I get that. And uh, this movie also made me, uh, it left me wanting more. I just wanted to know more about it. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know more about the struggle. I wanted to know more about how they actually gathered a rebellion and found this and did this. And 
what it was like from King King Edward's, uh, you know, Longshanks's <laughs> yeah. point of view, you know. And there's a lot of stuff you get glimpses on each side, but there's not enough. It's a two-hour movie, but there's still not enough time. It's weird. Yeah. Well, because you've got these complex political maneuverings going on. You know, you've got this group of people that are wanting their independence. Then you have uh, a king who likes his power, doesn't want to give up the taxes he's receiving from all these lands. No. And then you have his insecure and violent son um, who has these serious daddy issues and you know, wanting to always measure up to his dad, who is generally not pleased with him. You have all these complex interactions going on. And, um, but that's what ends up getting cut shorter for the, the sake of longer battle scenes. Yeah. And that's where I got frustrated. It was like, I'd rather have more on the characters and shorter battle scenes. Cause I've seen plenty of battle scenes. So you're not going to give me anything new in terms of a battle scene, but you could give me something new in terms of understanding these people in historical context with more depth. And that's kind of what I was hoping for was a bit more of that. And so yeah. I was just like, Aww. I mean, I get that. But uh, as far as the battle scenes go, I think these were, they were well done. And they, the battle oh, yeah, scene, no, I think the battle, a lot of the battle scenes added to the different like character depth. And they added to the styles they chose, what they chose to do in them, how they, you know, responded to things. And obviously, how honorable they were going to do things. And I think a lot of those add to all the characters and add mm -hmm. to the fight. And I, I enjoyed it. And the fights felt, they felt real. You know, there are a lot of, I'm not, I'm not a giant person into, into big battles and fights and all that stuff. But a lot of times when I'm watching these movies or watching, you know, it's just like one character can he can continue to just go through without being cut or hit or whatever, you know, and that doesn't really happen. You know, guys get hit. Guys get stabbed. Guys, you know, you lose people or they get beat up. You know, it's almost like when, um, you know, when James Bond finally when they went to more of that kind of rugged James Bond where mm -hmm. he's actually getting beat up. I was like, oh, well, this is refreshing. He's not like. <laughs> he can actually He's hurt like Superman. Yeah, he can hurt. And so I liked that with these scenes and with the, it just also just the way they portrayed this world, they portrayed it. So, um, like, like gross and muddy and dirty and just like such a horrible time to live, which they yeah. do sometimes in movies, but so many times they go, uh, a lot of times you just spend so much time like you're like, oh, let's build this love scene between these two very beautiful people, you know, and this one they're like, well, no, everyone's got greasy hair. Everyone's rugged. Everyone's having a bad time, you know, and everyone's, you know, they're lifting up their their clothes to not get muddy because uh, the mud's everywhere, you know, in yeah. Scotland. So, well, and they shot it in uh, all the natural light. Like they, yeah. you know, I did read that they, they made sure that the shots were shot either by candlelight when they're inside the castle, by the, you know, a lot of overcast skies during the shooting. Yeah. So you got a lot of gray, gray, gray scenes and just kind of that, uh, that wintry sort of feel yeah, all the time. And I mean, the battle felt, scenes so were, real. It's not like they skimped on the battle scenes. They had plenty of extras. It wasn't like a short changing on the battle scenes. And it wasn't that the battle scenes weren't good. It's just that I think I went into it wanting something different than what I, I got in full. You know, I got part of it, yeah, but not as much as I had been hoping for. 
and a bit more sort of like Braveheart's little brother. Yeah, I get that. You know, uh, a mini series would have been cool. I think they could mm-hmm. have done it in three hour and a half films. Yeah. And you Which, would have gotten a lot more of the political maneuvering and all the character building. And you still would have been able to have all the battle scenes yeah. just as well as they did them. Um, you just would have had more of the characters, which is kind of what I was looking for. And that's why I just kind of felt a little flat. Like I said, like Braveheart's little brother. I feel like with Braveheart, you got some pretty good character development. It may not have been very historically accurate, but you knew the characters. Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah, they (laughs) They, definitely... You weren't weren't, uh, uh, mistaken on who was who. Yeah, uh, they... They definitely told a story and told the story mm-hmm. they wanted to, and they captivated you in that. Yeah. And then later on, you found out that you've been duped, and you're like, oh. Yeah. So there's a place called Scotland and a guy named William Wallace, the end. You know, the yeah. rest is on us. We're, we're just going to have fun. I mean, Which is funny. In one of those, uh, you know, William Wallace himself says, you know, in Braveheart, he comments about how the myth of William Wallace, that he's he'd be 10 feet tall and can shoot fire out of his, you know, you know what. arse. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, even in that, they're talking about how big of a myth it was, and uh-huh. yet they're also perpetuating the myth yeah. and all the stories and just kind of skipping over things and changing what they want to. Exactly. It's Hollywood. You know, you can't go to Hollywood hoping for a 100% historically accurate no, but portrayal now, of something because they're going to dramatize some stuff. But. It's true. But now people expect it to be like 80 or 90% accurate, which is a a tough thing to do. And I think that's yeah. when that's must've been what this movie kind of stumbled upon is they, they spent so much time and effort on making everything that they could like incredibly accurate. And I mean, from the looks of it, you feel like you're there. It feels good. It feels real from what people said, who actually know the history of Scotland. They, you know, they said they got a lot of things, right. Dramatized a few things, changed a few things here, but most of it they got right. It's just where they're lacking is just their actual like story uh, and what they edited, you know, and chose to keep in and what to put out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it for the most part, you, you do get what they promise, which is that they're trying to do a more accurate portrayal of how Scotland actually attained its independence because it wasn't through William Wallace. He was a part of, an initial uprising that was squashed down and killed. It was Robert de Bruce and his efforts that eventually finally won them their independence over, you know, uh, King Edward the second and all that. So it was good in that sense. You get sort of, like you said, it's like Braveheart part two. It's the sequel in a way to, to Braveheart, you know, yeah. which it would be cool if they just redid it. And they had the William Wallace part accurately, which, I mean, maybe they just don't want to go up against Braveheart. I get that. It was a great movie. I liked yeah. it. Most people like it. A lot of people will be like, oh, that's not William. Years, though, so. That's not William Wallace. Yeah. Uh, so, but they could have done where the first movie was about William Wallace. And it was about how the Bruce family didn't really do Scotland well. Then the second movie is about him starting to, you know, become the Lord after his father dies and earn the, you know, the honor of his people or, you know, just navigating the political political scope. And the last movie could be the resolution of it, mm-hmm. which I thought would it would have been great. Yeah. Yep. It's just one of those where um, they had good 
good ambitions for it. Great you know, acting. They, yeah, they had they had you know, um, yeah, the acting was not the issue at all. The acting was fine. You know, most of the people in it you will have not seen before. They're probably fairly regional actors to a certain degree. Um, there are a few in there. Obviously, Chris Pine is the big name. Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, from Game of Thrones, you have oh, Stannis yeah. Baratheon. Stannis the Manus. Yeah, uh, Stephen Delane is his name. Uh, the guy that played uh, Prince Edward, who becomes, you know, Edward II, Billy Howell, I guess is how you say H-O-W-L-E-M, so I'm hoping that's Howell. Uh, he did a really good job of playing that that character. Um, you know, the, so, I mean, the, the acting was fine. There wasn't That wasn't the problem. The problem was just, I think, the decision in terms of what they focused on for me. But overall, I'd still give it three. Yeah, I three, mean... Maybe three and a half. I gave it a three and a half. I gave it a three and a half because I did enjoy the acting, the sets. As a you know, as a history major, it's kind of fun to to learn stuff, to look at stuff, and then what I love most about these movies is that afterwards it causes me to look stuff up and try to research more and listen. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that, or I didn't know this, and so I get to learn more about things through watching a movie, which is a you know a great kind of medium for doing this. So I like that. I liked looking at all the sets, all the costumes, the the weaponry, the armor, the battle tact, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and some of the politics too. But overall, it still left me wanting more. And yeah. that's the thing. If this would have been, you know, a three-part miniseries, great. I probably would have given it a four or probably a five if they actually did this story right. Yeah, because you just would have had more on the characters. And when you get more on the characters, especially on something like this, you get a fuller, richer story than, you know, and that was what Braveheart did so well. Inaccurate as it was, you still had these really rich and full characters in this movie. You know, they did a really good job of building up characters, um, maybe to a certain degree, a bit two dimensional at times. But for the most part, you knew who the characters were. You knew what they were about. uh, And and you knew which ones you loved and which ones you, you certainly weren't a fan of. And, um, and this you, one, it was a little bit muddier. So I guess more real life. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe I think, I guess, to a certain degree, when you go to a movie, sometimes that's what you want. You want a little bit more two-dimensional, black and white, not as much muddy real life. It's like We would deal with muddy real life all the time. Let's get a little fantasy going here. Let's get a little... You know, black hat, white hat. Let's get the old villains and the the good guys overcoming the villains. And, no, I like you know, money. Yeah, depends like- on what it is, but for the most part, um, I like realism. I like it to be realistic to a certain degree. Um, it's not always the point, but when you're going for historical, yeah, story, then yeah, let's be accurate. But as far as this movie being a Netflix original, not bad. No, uh, I think their budget for this was $120 million. Probably a decent amount to casting. Yeah. And then a lot to probably, you know, sets and... There's a lot of costumes, a lot of sets. A lot of sets and probably a, a lot to their actual uh, special effects, CGI stuff for the battle scenes and everything they had to do there. Yeah. I can't imagine there was... There weren't imagine too many on the CGI. I'm just a thinking about of, yeah. what they, you know, all the... Yeah, it's. I mean, it's certainly not like a, or whatever, a superhero movie. Sorry, but yeah, whatever they do when they do those. Oh battles, no, I'm sure there's big, big battles. But you know what degree. I mean? Like 
So, but you're just trying to figure out the math and how $120 million goes. I mean, maybe a decent amount could have just been for scouting. Large cast. There are a lot of players yeah. in it. So, I mean, like you said, I mean, a lot of it's going to go to cast. Um, you know, when you get a name like Chris Pine, you're going to have to pay him a, a decent penny. Stannis Baratheon. Stannis Baratheon. Um, Which maybe not as much of a household yeah. name as a Chris Pine. But, no. um, yeah. And I think, like you said, just the costumes and the sets alone. When you have that many extras, it's a lot of costumes. Yeah. No, so that's, that's they're outfitting true. a lot of people. We're talking about hundreds of extras in some of the scenes. So yeah, no, that's that, not cheap. That's a good point. So, I mean, as far as like, um, this is a movie that even though we only gave it a three and a three and a half, it could have probably went to a theater and played. Oh, I think it did. Pl- I think they had like a limited select oh, did theaters they? run. Yeah, I so this I one. think Netflix is starting to like test the waters with this, and I'm I'm definitely going to predict that 2019 you're going to see some movies in theaters from Netflix. Oh, yeah. They're definitely moving in the direction of production company, hardcore. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't put out this many original shows or reboots of shows and call it your own. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or movies and stuff without it being clear where you're heading. You're looking to be a Warner Brothers, a Paramount, you know, Fox Studio, whatever. They're wanting to jump in there with the big kids and put out these mega million dollar blockbuster type movies at this point. And they're proving that they, they might be able to. They might be able to. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, this one fell a little flat, so they still have some work to go, to do on that. But that's not necessarily on Netflix. That's as much about the vision of the directors and where they choose to take it and potentially the writing, although the, I had no issues with the writing or the acting. No. It's more just kind of what they focused on. And which so, that could have been just editing. Could yeah. have, They could have just and, taken out a few scenes that we would have loved and put in a few that kind of just... Didn't add that much. Yeah. And quite honestly, uh, Braveheart probably has jaded me to this story a bit in this this movie. So someone who hasn't seen Braveheart as many times as I have over the years will watch this and have a probably a very different take on it. Um, because it's not poorly done. It's well made. It's not. Yeah, this isn't agree. a fly by night, you know, no. some, you know, um, film student trying to, you know, his, his final project for for graduation is yeah, not no. this movie. This is this is top notch production. It's it's well shot. The lighting is done the way that they wanted it to. So um you know, I, I gave it a three, but I think that there's a lot of people that would watch it that did not grow up watching Braveheart that would give it a, a much higher rating. Than yeah, that right one. now it has a seven point one on IMDB. Yeah. And it's been out since the ninth, so it's gotten a decent amount of uh viewers. Like seventy nine hundred, something like that reviews yeah. so far. So it's which is not bad. That's no. good. A seven point one. You're above. You're above average. There. You're doing good. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, it was just you know, it's it's worth watching once, but again, it leaves you wanting more, and that's my big my big takeaway. Yeah. I mean, I won't be watching it again. Um, honestly, what it made me want to do is watch Braveheart. <laughs> <laughs> I watched. It, I was like, Man, this makes you really want to watch Braveheart again. I haven't seen that in a number of years. That's what it did for me. Yeah. It just made me want to watch Braveheart. So I'm not sure that's a good thing or a bad thing for it. You know, who knows? But, oh, one fair warning. There is one oh, sex scene yes, in this. thank you. Sorry, I meant to mention that. There is one sex scene in this. There is a bit of... Uh, nudity, yeah. yeah, yeah there's Netflix a, there, tells you at the beginning that there's brief nudity. I was like, oh, we're going to see somebody's butt. Oh, you see some butt and some boob and some thrusting. So, I mean, it's it's not and, like a little... A, from a distance, you see naked Chris Pine. Yeah. From a very far distance. Not so if any, So no. if any of you were hopeful about seeing Chris Pine... 
full frontal. It's from a far distance. Yeah, but it's there. If any of you heard about it and were like, I can't watch this movie, just know it's from a very far distance. And it's Yeah, like, I don't know that you can see much other no. than some shading. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's, the, it, that's about the, it. The sex scene does have yeah. more than what I would consider brief nudity. To me, brief nudity is like, oh, you're going to see somebody's butt as they get out of bed. That's brief nudity. It's like a, uh, what, like a one-minute sex scene. Yeah. It, well, yeah, a little bit longer, I think, than that. But, I mean, you, you see enough. There, there's, it's not like a, it, it's a sex scene. Yes. So some yeah. people would definitely for that would turn a movie off because of that content in it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then you also, you also see someone very, uh, very, I mean, killed in a very ugly fashion yes, when they're... his torso is cut one way and another to have his, yeah. you know, all of his everything go out. Yeah. If you've seen Braveheart, You've seen uh, the the type of violence that goes on, the type of um, way that that people are killed in this day and age, and you see it in this too. I mean, it's an R rating. They give it an R rating. Yeah. Um, and it earned it. Yep. It is R for a reason. There is serious violence. Uh, there is nudity, sex scene, not brief nudity. There's nudity. Brief nudity is like for a few seconds. Yeah. <laughs> when nudity lapses into the minute realm it becomes more than brief nudity it's just yeah. it's just nudity it's a sex scene mm-hmm. um so those those are the thank you for reminding i almost yeah we almost closed this out and did <sighs> i meant to be like oh we need to let people know what's in this as far as the violence and the nudity we got caught all up in the making of the film yeah so uh i don't think i have anything else nah all three, right three and a half from you three from me yeah it's so, on netflix so watch it if you want yeah if not just go watch braveheart <laughs> all right as always i'm jeremy i'm jason i got your back apparently i just said i got your back we've got your back jeremy has your back too not just me all right we've got your back bye all right social media it's everywhere you can't avoid it neither can jeremy and i so here's how you get in touch with us if you want to interact if you have thoughts comments even anger you can let us know. Jeremy can be found at Granola Jeremy on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I am on Twitter at Blue Badger 13. We also have an email address that is pgpconnection at gmail.com. Any of those ways, feel free to interact. You can also find us on Facebook. I believe Jeremy says you can look for Granola Jeremy on Facebook and you'll find him for me. Just put in Jason Brock and search away. We look forward to hearing from you, hopefully soon.